Hello, and welcome to another Veterinary Team Training Podcast. My name is Amy Newfield. I'm both the host and owner of Vet Team Training. Please check out all my other blogs, vlogs, and podcasts at vetteamtraining.com. Today, I want to talk about crappy terminations being done by bad leaders. Let me be very clear. These terminations were probably warranted, but unfortunately, it makes you a bad leader if you do a crappy termination. You need to make sure that you do due diligence, that you actually do the termination correctly, and that makes you a good leader, even though you had to terminate someone. But the way that some leaders actually terminate people, it's just crappy, and it makes them a bad leader. I'm not going to get into all the legal issues that result from terminating someone without a justifiable reason or in an appropriate way. Just know that if you do it in an inappropriate way, you set yourself up for legal issues, potentially wrongful termination lawsuits, super terrible, super not fun stuff. So make sure you actually understand the human resource side of the legal part of terminating someone. This is really important. There's plenty of books out there, so I encourage you to find a book on veterinary human resources so you know what legally you need to do so that you prevent a wrongful termination lawsuit. Also, the Veterinary Hospital Manager Association, vhma.org, they have a lot of advice. They have a lot, a lot of information. They have lots of plenty of really amazing resources. So please check them out. They're well worth the fee. I encourage you to become a member, especially if you are a practice manager or a hospital admin and you are responsible for the HR component of your hospital. You really do want to make sure that you're a member of VHMA. Um, and honestly, just buy a whole bunch of books on HR as well. You can never school yourself enough on HR, especially when it comes to the aspect of termination. However, this podcast is not going to focus on the HR aspect of termination. What it is going to focus on is the human aspect of termination. It's the human aspect of termination that often gets overlooked and unfortunately completely missed, which results in crappy terminations. So I really just want to make sure that you are really focusing on the human aspect of what it means to terminate someone. Letting go of someone is absolutely the hardest thing that any manager must do at some point in their career. If you are a manager in any capacity, at some point you are going to unfortunately need to terminate someone. If you do your due diligence, then it wouldn't be a surprise to this individual, and that's going to be about as good of a termination as possible. However, if you do a crappy termination, not only is this person going to be very angry and upset and feel like they're blindsided, but you could also end up in a wrongful termination lawsuit on your hands, and that's going to not be fun for you. So you really want to make sure, again, I can't stress enough, the point of this podcast is we're going to talk about the human side of things in the termination, which often gets overlooked, but the HR side of things equally important. So I want to make sure you get that right, that you're not firing someone that you shouldn't be firing and that we're doing due diligence. So you have decided to terminate. Unfortunately, you have a hospital team member who just is not thriving. Maybe they did something absolutely, you know, horrific and you need to let them go at this point. We need to first make sure that all senior leaders be notified that an employee is about to be terminated so everyone's on the same page. You know, too often I see, for example, a veterinary technician or a veterinary nurse being terminated and the medical director is never notified. And then all of a sudden this person is missing off the roster, off the schedule, and the medical director is like, where'd they go? Oh, we fired them. 
Oh, okay. But like, don't you think I should be made aware? And the opposite of that is true. In fact, probably more times than the other, I see, unfortunately, a doctor being let go. And then the technician manager, unfortunately, had no idea. Now, let me be clear. When I say manager, this person is managing their team to the fullest ability. And that means hiring and firing, being responsible for all the coaching and performance on that team and doing performance reviews. Supervisors are not at that level. Managers are. So when you have managers at that level, everybody needs to be part of the same leadership bubble. I'm going to make one small call out that I see, which really doesn't have anything to do with this podcast. But unfortunately, what I see a lot of times is technician managers or client service representative managers are often outside of that leadership bubble. The practice manager and the medical director and even the owner meet frequently as a leadership team and they exclude these other two individuals. So if it's a manager, everybody's on that bubble of trust. We all know that a termination is happening within a side of our hospitals. Ultimately, obviously, from an HR perspective, you need to do due diligence. Like the employee's final pay has to be calculated. You have to collect all the documentation necessary, all the paperwork. You need to prepare for this employee's departure. And then once we all recognize on a leadership level, okay, we're going to let this employee go, we now need to set up the meeting. There is no perfect way to do a termination meeting. Um, unfortunately, if you give the person a heads up ahead of time, they often overthink, overanalyze, become angry, could potentially sabotage the hospital. So unfortunately, there isn't a great way to do it. If you blindside someone, often they feel the exact same way. But here's where the not crappy part of termination comes into play. I want you to be in that person's shoes. That's what it means to be empathetic. As a leader, I have spent a lot of time coaching this individual, explaining what I expect out of their performance, and unfortunately, it hasn't happened. I have now come to the decision that I need to terminate. I'm going to pause and I'm going to back up the timeline just a little bit. Unfortunately, one of the crappy things that a lot of employers do, a lot of managers do, is they haven't done due diligence. Employees need to understand what's expected of them. And if you haven't picked up a copy of my two books, so Oops, My Team, my team is Toxic and my very first book, Oops, I Became a Manager, I would absolutely encourage you to purchase them. They're available for sale on Amazon. Ooh, I just plugged that. But anyway, going back to the podcast, the reason why I say that is because I talk about doing due diligence in Oops, I Became a Manager, laying the foundation. And one of which is, do we have a job description for this person? Do they truly understand what's expected of them? Or have we continued to add things to their plate that's not in their job description? They're failing at these new things or they're getting burned out from these new things and we just keep pushing and pushing and pushing. So we need to make sure that we hold ourselves as an employer accountable to the job description that we gave to an employee. And if it gets modified, we need to modify that job description. Have we fully coached this individual? This is really key. You know, when you decide to terminate someone or let someone go, uh, you need to have coached that person so that you know, you feel I've done everything that I could. And coaching takes a while. Now, there are some egregious, egregious things that employees do that are fireable offenses on the spot. If you are stealing anything from our hospital, that's a terminating event. If you physically harm another staff member or you harm a client, you are fired immediately. If you threaten harm in any sort of way to any members of the employee staff or to the clients, you are immediately fired. If you, you know, lie or steal or any of those things, unfortunately, if you're using drugs on the premise, illegal drugs 
on the premise of the hospital and you were under the influence while performing surgery or while you were actually working on veterinary patients, those are all, to me, immediately terminating events. Like you should be fired immediately. Those are like the most egregious, horrible things that could possibly happen. There's a few more, I list them out in my first book, but those things are immediately fireable offenses. Everything else, you should really take the time to coach people. And so one of the things that I encourage people to do is create sort of a disciplinary policy. And in this policy, you should have examples and then what you're going to do as a course of action. So let's just say an employee uh, sent home the wrong medication. Where does that fall in your disciplinary action policy? And what's the next steps? Does the person get talked to, or is it just made a note in their record? On the second offense, is that when we have a conversation? And then on the third offense, is that when they're put on probation? What kind of tools and resources are we providing to them? They've obviously sent home the wrong medication twice now. Do Is there an online class? Have we made sure that we've done due diligence while we have put some you know, helpful notes in the pharmacy to remind people? Is it the right dose? Is it going the right route? Is it going for the right patient? What double check systems can we put in place to help this employee? What does that look like? And so that's what true wonderful coaching looks like is that throughout this course of this person's employment with us, we constantly look at their performance. And when there's a bobble in the performance, we start to figure out how can we coach them. And what a lot of leaders do that is crappy, honestly, is they go, just don't do that. Or you know what? we just don't really think you're the right fit. What the hell does that mean? Does anybody know you're just not the right fit? You know, you just don't feel, we don't feel like you're really part of this culture. What, it, what does that mean? You're gonna have to give me a specific example. And a lot of times leaders don't give specific examples or they fail unfortunately to provide resources. I'm gonna give you a great example because I was just consulting with a hospital group where their front desk was really struggling. Uh, much of their front desk was threatening to walk out. Unfortunately, two of them were on probation because they were getting belligerent with uh, clients and they wanted to know how to handle their front desk because it was a very toxic workplace environment. They needed employees at the front desk, obviously, but they're struggling with the ones they had. So my question to this leadership team was, what kind of coaching has already taken place? And they said, well, we told them to stop being nasty to clients. And I said, well, okay, great, but have you provided examples? Yes, Amy, we did, we provided examples. Okay, great. So what kind of resources have you provided for them? Uh, what do you mean? We told them to, they just needed to stop being so negative. And I said, well, your front desk is complaining that the clients are out of control and that they don't feel supported by leadership or the doctors when clients do yell at them. So how are we managing that problem? Well, I don't, I don't know how to manage that problem. Well, I think we need to break it down. Like when a client starts screaming at your front desk, does the doctor talk to that client immediately and have them apologize to the front desk? Or do we not even tell the front desk we've had a conversation with that client? Oh, well, I, I guess we could come up with that policy, but they just need to, they just need to stop yelling at clients. Yeah, I know. It seems like they're really struggling with conflict resolution with clients and just good co communication skills. Oh no, absolutely. I mean, their communication skills with clients, that's why two of them are on probation. So what kind of classes, reference literatures, books, articles have you provided to hone in their communication skills? Well, well, none. So I asked how long the two employees who had been with this hospital had been there for, how long had they been employed at this hospital for? And the answer was 
Uh, one had been employed for about six months and the other one had been employed for about a year. And I said, when you hired them on, what tools and resources did you provide them to train them? Well, I mean, they shadowed one of our employees and I said, that's it? We didn't provide them any conversations or actual, you know, courses on how to handle a bereaving client, how to handle an angry client. Well, no, we just thought the other ones would train them. You see the point now? So it's really a hard struggle for me when people don't do due diligence by their employees and then terminate them. That's part of the crappy termination process because those poor employees are never coached. They're never coached properly. They're just told don't do this, but never provided tools and resources of how to stop doing what they're doing and how to learn the appropriate behavior. And then when it comes to getting fired, the employer says, well, we told you you didn't fit in. We told you to stop being nasty to clients. And they go, but but I thought maybe we'd have more conversation. And if you just showed me the right way, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't be here. And, and you never helped me. Well, I know, but we just expected better of you. And then they get fired. And that's part of the crappy termination process that most bosses do, unfortunately. So I don't want you to be that bad leader because that falls into the bad leadership category. We have to have done due diligence before we can move forward with the termination process. And I know it takes a lot of time and energy, but minimally you should try to coach a behavior for at least three months, sometimes six months, sometimes a year. Unfortunately, I know employees who are sat down have never had a coaching conversation with their boss who've actually said, hey, you know, I've been here for a year. I've been here for six months. I would really love some feedback from you. And the boss says, oh yeah, yeah, um, you know, we're too busy, you're doing fine. And then all of a sudden they're sat down and they're told, you know what, we just don't think you might be the right fit for this hospital. And you're like, what? Well, we just don't think you're in the right position or we thought you had bit, bit more skill or whatnot. And you're like, compl they're completely blindsided. Like you've gone from completely ignoring me, not telling me anything about my performance to now saying that my job is on the line. When the minute you tell someone that their job is on the line, that's the minute that unfortunately you're probably going to lose that person. So now that person is trying really hard to fix themselves. They were provided no tools and resources. And then the very next conversation is, oh, by the way, you're terminated. And so that person has had a crappy termination experience because they never were given the opportunity to alter their behavior. All right, so let's just say you were an amazing unicorn boss. Congratulations, you did due diligence, you had all those conversations. Now let's talk about setting up the meeting. There is no perfect way to set up this meeting. You know, unfortunately, I am someone who suffers from some anxiety. And if I know, if I'm given the heads up, that I'm going to be terminated or my boss says to me, hey, Amy, we really need to talk. My brain immediately goes, what are we going to talk about? Because I can't handle the, the pressure or the anxiety and the buildup going into that meeting. So I try to very hard look at it from the employee's standpoint. You have to know your employees. And if you're a really good boss and not a crappy one, then you know your employees and you know this person is not going to be able to handle if I say, hey, can we meet tomorrow at X, Y, and Z? Because their anxiety is going to get the best of them. For those types of employees, we may need to kind of blindside them a little bit. Blindside them in the sense that a meeting is going to happen, not blindside them that the termination is going to happen. They should have been notified that, you know, we've coached them, we've coached them, we've coached them. Now we said, hey, if your performance doesn't improve and here's the metrics at which I want this to be improved, you may unfortunately 
not no longer be with this hospital. And so if we've done all of that and we have come to that termination point, well, then we have to know our employees. For me personally, I'd like to be blindsided. I don't want my employer to say, hey, in three days, do you mind coming in a little early because we need to talk? Forget it. Those three days, I'm freaking out. I can't function. I'm not going to be able to get any sleep. I actually would rather my employer just say, hi, Amy, good to see you before your shift. You know, can you just come over here? I want to have a conversation and then terminate them before their shift. So a few life lessons that I've learned. Um, The first being that if you're going to terminate someone, you should terminate them before their shift, not after. Nothing is crappier than you've worked your entire day, you're exhausted, your boss calls you into the office and then terminates you and you think, did you just need a warm body on the floor? Because you could have saved me an entire day of anxiety and burnout and frustration if you had just tar- fired me in the morning. So definitely fire them before the shift, not at the end of the shift, unless of course they did one of those horribly egregious things, then you can certainly terminate them at the end of the shift. I also am not a fan of terminating in the middle of the shift because it tends to cause chaos to the team. So typically what I preferred to do was to come in early And since I always was changing and moving my own schedule around, it never came to a shock to the employees to see me all of a sudden come in early because sometimes I would come in early. And if I knew I was terminating someone but didn't want to cause them undue stress for days on end, I typically would be prepared to have a backup plan, have somebody ready to go, or be ready to modify the schedule in some sort of way. And to me, Terminating an employee before their shift, it's no different than if someone calls out sick. Like you still have to scramble, you still have to find people. There's no reason why you need to set up people in advance. Just manage it when it happens. So right before the shift, can it can certainly backfire as well. Employees might get wise to you, so they might realize every time you show up early before a shift, you're terminating someone. So make sure that you make it a more consistent routine. And then obviously, when you catch that person coming in, grab a hold of them as soon as they come in. They're gonna know something's up because you're gonna say, hey, Amy, come over here. Can we just have a conversation? In that moment, they're gonna be like, oh no, this is not going well. Just say, before you go out on the floor, can I speak to you? So now you have this person in your office and this is where you have to deliver the bad news. You always wanna deliver the bad news with the most compassion and empathy for this other person. You are about to ruin their life. And I know that sounds very extreme, But whenever anybody gets terminated, there's a sense of shock and awe. There's an embarrassment. What are you going to tell your friends and family? What am I going to do if I'm the breadwinner for my my family? How am I going to manage this? What does all that look like? Oh my goodness, there's fear, there's anxiety, there's anger. There's a whole array uh, array of emotions. So when we're delivering this news, even if it's someone who's not a great employee, We gotta do it with compassion and kindness and empathy. Silence your cell phone, turn your computer screen off, make sure you're free of distractions. There's nothing worth, you know what's a crappy termination? As you just told the person they're getting fired and now your cell phone is biz buzzing with some sort of Disney theme ringtone next to you. And it's like, are you serious right now? And then that person, I know employees who've had this happen. That boss then looks at the phone and goes, oh, hang on one minute. I just need to text this person back. I'm sorry, we're in the middle of you firing me. Can you just turn off all electronics while this is happening? So make sure that you focus on the person. Don't keep a desk between you and the employees. Sit near them, show that you care, be on the same level of them. You know, often 
a lot of employees feel like they've had a crappy termination because it feels like a money transition transaction. It's like, you've been fired. Here's your severance. Here's your pay. Good luck. Godspeed. Now I'm going to escort you out of this building. That's how it feels. So instead we need to sit down. We need to say, hi, I'm going to cut to the chase. Unfortunately, we need to let you go. We are going to fire you. And I know that this is, is very upsetting. I recognize you probably have a lot of emotions. You might be very angry right now, but I want to talk through what this looks like, the package that we're leaving you with, how you can go ahead and get health insurance from here on out. I've got everything for you. And I also want to hear from you because I do care about you. Even if you don't think I do, I do care about you. And this was a hard decision. All of those things are very real facts. And the way that leaders present themselves during a termination can sometimes make or break their entire career. The best leaders are the ones that care deeply about their teams, that this was truly a hard decision. When leaders just come in and are short and abrasive and here's your package, it says, we never cared about you. There's the door and we're going to kick you on the way out. And that's not how we want our employees going out. We spent a lot of time. We, we really struggled very hard with them. And we want them to know we do care about them. There are times where uh, I, I can think of twice in my career that I did need to terminate someone. And it was because, unfortunately, they were in their own way. They were very angry and very burned out. And it just wasn't the right time for them to work in our hospital. I spent eight months with one. I spent almost a year with another one trying to coach them. And you know what? In the end... Both of them agreed it was time for them to go. When I sat down for the termination, I said, you probably have an idea of why I asked to chat with you before your shift. And I remember both of them saying, yeah, because I'm getting fired. And I said, yeah. So then I typically continue that. I want to talk to them about, you know, everything after this, answer any of their questions and have them understand that I care about them and whether or not they want to choose to believe that is entirely up to them. But ultimately, I want to wish them the best. Years later, I actually rehired both of them, obviously at different intervals, but they had become a much better technician. They knew how to manage burnout. They actually said they were very sorry for their behavior at the hospital. Could I give them a second chance? Sure, why not? I mean, if you can terminate with grace and kindness, then you will potentially have another employee come back to you in the future. So let's talk about the actual meeting. We talked about how you need to be polite, you need to be kind, but you also do need to be honest. Offering too much context might seem like the right thing to do, but ultimately it can cause the employee to become angry and defensive and feel like they need to defend their position and try to not be terminated. The reality is, unless you are a bad leader, you've already informed them countless times before this meeting about the issues. There's no need to review it. It should just be a termination meeting and that's it. So always lead with the bad news. We don't want to talk about their day and how their family is and then, oh, by the way, you're getting fired. Again, that's part of the crappy termination process. So we can simply say things like, as you know, we've met several times about your poor performance or about you struggling to you know, talk to clients, or you doing X, Y, and Z. Whatever it is, we're gonna summarize it in a sentence or two. I know you have tried, but your performance has continued to be unsatisfactory. Unfortunately, we've come to the decision that we need to terminate your employment. Stay away from things like things aren't working out, or it just might be better if you work someplace else, because 
That doesn't make any sense. We need to have them clearly understand why they're being terminated and what's happening. At this point, you've told them what the meeting is about and that they're being terminated. It's important that they are allowed to share their thoughts. Too many times, this is where the crappy termination comes into play because we don't care about this employee. They're basically dead to us. We're gonna kick them to the curb. We don't allow them to say anything. We just go, okay, so at this point, I need to escort you out the building. Hold up. They should be allowed to share feelings if they want to. And unfortunately, too often it says, I need you to get your belongings right now and I'll escort you out. While I believe in allowing them to share feelings and thoughts, I strongly suggest that you do not change your mind about the termination. And some of them may try to change your mind, but it's never a bad idea to say, I care about you. I'm happy to, to hear any thoughts that you have. And maybe they start screaming at you, which is not appropriate. And then in your head, you're going to say, I knew that's why they were being fired. But a lot of times they're just sad and upset. And they say, I, I don't know what I'm supposed to say. I don't have anything to say. That's typically the response. But at least you offered it to them. Make sure you stick to discussing the recent performance-based issues that were previously discussed. Don't add anything new because that's unfair. They haven't had an opportunity to change their behavior. And now you're throwing in this other thing and that's why they're getting fired. That's that's not okay because most employees are going to say, well, that's the first I'm hearing of it. If I had known, I could have fixed it and not been fired. And that's exactly what they feel like when they walk out. So too many times I see employers saying, well, you've got this going on. This has happened. And by the way, you also gossip a lot. And they're, they say, this is the first time I'm hearing about gossiping. Now you're going around and around about the gossip issue. It's not going to change your mind. So don't add anything new into the conversation. Now, rarely, but sometimes people have to fire and terminate a good employee. And that just sucks. Sometimes it's because we can't afford to keep a certain employee or a certain service. And unfortunately, we have to terminate people because of that reason. Sometimes we merge hospitals. Sometimes, you know, we sell our hospitals to a company and they say, oh, we're no longer going to be offering the service. And now we have to terminate employees. In these cases, termination is not because of a performance-based issue. This is going to come as a blind side to these employees. And these are truly miserable terminations for everyone involved, but mostly for the actual employee itself. The employees often unaware that they're going to be fired. If we can give them a severance package, if we can help them out in any way, then let's do that. If we can give them certain, you know, amount of of pay or benefits before they leave, let's do it. If we can help pay their COBRA, then let's do that. Put it all in a severance package. If you have time, try to research jobs for them or say, you know, you're a great employee. I'm so sorry. We just don't have the service anymore. But I've, I, you know, I went on Indeed. I went on, you know, whatever job website. I found these jobs. You know, I'd be a reference for you. I am so sorry. At this point, you now terminated an employee. You know, again, most for very justifiable reasons at this point. So what do you have to do after this? You need to, unfortunately, escort this employee out of the building. Um, a colleague once told me a story about a terminated employee. Uh, they got fired. They worked for the surgery team. The boss stayed in the office and shut the door and said, you know, just gather your things and leave. And then that employee went right out onto the treatment room floor, proceeded to talk to everybody about how she was wrongfully terminated in her mind. And an hour later, a doctor, a surgeon knocked on the manager's door and said, hey, my surgical team is now refusing to work because they don't think you should have fired, you know, whoever it was. 
and that they believe the termination was completely unjustified. The employee had been in the building for over an hour, just talking garbage, talking gossip. So you do need to unfortunately escort employees out. Now I'm going to pause. What happens if you have an employee that snaps? You know, for example, if all of a sudden they start screaming, throwing things in your office, what do we need to do? Uh, volatile situations like this can be very scary. They can pose a real risk. They're few and far between. That's the good news. But try to remain as calm as you can. In that moment, the only thing that you should do is trying to figure out how to get this person out of the building. And if they are throwing things or threatening physical harm to you or your staff or the building, you need to call the police immediately. Um, you need to definitely wrap up the conversation. Maybe you haven't completely finished it up. In that moment, you can say, I understand you are upset, but I'm going to ask you to leave at this point. I'll send you all the information about your final pie check and any benefits. But in this moment, I need you to leave. If they refuse to leave, you need to contact the police because this person is screaming at you. They're threatening your staff. They need to absolutely go. You can't have that happening. So those situations, again, few and far between. And certainly it doesn't happen if you have done due diligence in the coaching department, while you cannot stop in a former employee from reaching out and connecting with the team after they left the hospital, you can control the narrative in the moment by escorting them out the building. And so even if you think it's going to go smoothly, I would say, I'm just going to come with you and you can say goodbye, but I need you to quickly leave the building. If you don't want them to say goodbye, that's okay as well. So I just always walk with people that I've terminated to get all their things, say a quick goodbye, and then we need to deal with the team. And so there's two things you have to deal with after this person has been terminated. One, your feelings, and two, the team. It's really important that as the manager who just terminated someone, you take care of yourself. If you did this right, you are going to feel terrible. If you did this wrong because you did a crappy termination because you're a bad boss, you don't give a shit. And you're probably also the type of person who walks out on the floor and goes, good riddance, we're happy Amy's gone. So it should make you feel bad because you know that to some level you've completely altered this person's life. You have completely changed their direction of their career potentially, or at least the, their life in the here and now. That should affect you. So you do need to take a break. You do need to take care of yourself. If it's possible, go home, take care of yourself. Tell your family you're not cooking that night. Figure out ways to decompress, but what you don't want to do is go out onto the hospital floor, gloat that you just fired someone, or start gossiping to everybody. And so taking care of yourself is a really important part of terminating an employee. But the other thing that you need to do is managing the team. So how do you manage that post-termination gossip? Everybody's going to gossip. First, you just have to realize it's going to happen. There's going to be a lot of gossip that happens normally in the walls of the veterinary hospital, but it's going to ramp up as soon as someone gets terminated. You want to be honest, but not unprofessional. You know, too many leaders just simply say, well, Amy was fired today and that's it. You can't afford to be silent, but you can't afford to gossip and break confidentiality either. You can't slander the former employee. So if you remain too silent, however, then you open the door to what happened. So be careful with your words. Always practice what you're going to say before you say it. Repeat it out loud. Have somebody listen to you. That's always a bad idea. You know, usually what we say is, you know, they weren't performing well or unfortunately they weren't a right fit. 
Yes, it's very obscure, but here's what employees don't expect. Employees don't expect the full answer. And a lot of times leaders feel like, oh, I got to give them more details. So give them a little bit of details, but here's what you really need to be focused on. All of leadership needs to be unified. Remember the beginning of the podcast where I said all of the top tier leaders need to be on the same page about this person? Nothing hurts me more than when a doctor gets fired, the technician manager didn't know, and now the technician manager finds out with the rest of the team, they cannot do a poker face. They undermine the practice manager and the owner because they're as shocked as the rest of the team and they're saying things like, oh my gosh, I can't believe they would have fired him. In order for you to curb that conversation, all leadership needs to be on the same page. So that's really important. You need to prevent the hospital-wide freakout. If this person was terminated because of financial reasons or restructuring or acquisition reasons, people are gonna freak out and for good reason, they actually feel like their job's no longer secure. So one of the things you need to do is tell everybody, even if that person was terminated because of poor performance, your, your jobs are fine. Your jobs are okay. And then certainly put some limit on the gossip. First of all, this is what I usually said. I usually say, I know you're going to gossip that Amy was fired today. Just acknowledge it. I know you're all going to gossip that Amy was fired today. Unfortunately, we had to let an employee go. It is a very difficult decision whenever a hospital makes something like this. Whenever we as a hospital team decide to let someone go, it's a big deal. If you have concerns, please come to me. But I'm gonna request that you pay this former employee some respect. No gossip, don't make up stories, don't go on and on. Every single one of your jobs are secure. You know we care about you deeply. Again, if you have any questions whatsoever, come up to me. So that's usually how I try to nip it in the bud. Do I have delusions of grandeur? No. Are they gonna gossip? 100%. But let every one of these employees know you care and that you did try to work with the individual to coach them. That's really key. Most of the time, if you are coaching someone, everybody on the team knows it. Everyone knows you care. Keep an open door for the next couple days. I think that's always a good policy in general. And be aware of your mood and how it impacts the team. We certainly don't want to make, don't want to close our doors and realize that we're kind of in a foul mood, which unfortunately puts everyone else in a foul mood. So terminations can be really hard and there's good terminations, meaning we've done due diligence. We did everything right. We checked all the HR boxes. We will not have a a wrongful termination lawsuit. Our employee truly understands why they were terminated. We can move forward and now we can move forward as a team and figure out how we're going to go ahead and find a new team member. And then there's crappy terminations by bad leaders. And that's where we didn't coach the person. We sat them down and said, you know what? You're just not performing well. You're just not in the right role. Can you just stop gossiping? There's a shit ton of problems we should have told you about over the last year, but we're going to blindside you and give them all to you. And then we don't allow them time to adjust the behavior, provide no tools and resources. We blindside them. And then they feel like a number because we say, yeah, so... Here, you probably know, you're getting fired. Here's your package. You can read it when you get home. I'm going to need to escort you out the building. That's crappy termination. Do due diligence. Be a good leader because how you terminate someone actually is a direct reflection of you as a leader. And if that person leaves that hospital and the team knows you didn't really care about them, they were confused as to why they were being terminated, and now you're laughing about it, Yeah, they're going to lose complete trust and respect for you because you're a bad leader. So don't do that. 
Thank you for all that you do. Keep on being a unicorn and please check out all my other blogs, blogs, and podcasts at vetteamtraining.com.